You chose every single moment mm -hmm. of your life. You can't blame anyone else for it. And that's a hard fucking pill to swallow. But you, mm -hmm. you chose the abuse. You chose to stay with that person for X amount of years because somewhere along the line, you felt like you deserved, deserved it. it. Nicole, yeah. Sarah, yeah. thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I'm so grateful to have you guys here. Nicole, I know that you and I have gone back and forth in the comment section for nearly a year now. Mm -hmm. Is that right? About right. Yeah. And I don't know what your response was when you initially found my content, and nor do I really care. What I cared about was the amount of depth and evolution you had in your approach towards the conversation and how much growth was apparent in just the content of your words. So thank you so much for being here. Yeah, glad to be here. Yeah. Can you uh, start off by telling me a little bit about your experience with infidelity? I was in a marriage for roughly 20 years. I have two children with my current soon-to-be ex-husband. And last year was the exit of this relationship due to infidelity on his part. It had started you know, emotionally with him and this other person in present of I know I had known was about five years ago, five to six. And over time, things had taken place. And I guess you could say the shoe finally dropped roughly last summer. And I asked him to leave our marital home. And we're now in the process of going through a divorce. That does sound tough. And I know that the way that I may appear on TikTok because I'm so abstract that the pain is lost on me. And I just want you to know, as a child in that home that I once was, I do have a lot of empathy for you and your current position. Thanks. Can you tell me a little bit about what your relationship with your ex-husband or soon-to-be ex, STBX, was like before the affair began? So in the beginning, it was a quick relationship. You know, we dated... I soon found out later on that we were having our first child together. About a year and a half later, we decided to get married, went through the gamut, buying a home, all that good stuff. I'd say about year 10 in, it started to get a little interesting. He kind of, I guess you could say, found his way of his true self, and it became a, a rough journey of communicating, you know, him wanting to do his own thing and struggling to find a common ground for the both of us. I fought really hard to keep my marriage healthy. We both were working. We He had multiple jobs. I was on a career path. And there was disparity between, you know, I learned that he is not emotionally mature. In hindsight, I have all this knowledge now that I'm aware of. Mm -hmm. But going through it, I didn't, nice. yeah, I didn't really understand what was happening. Like the terminology of you can communicate all day long, but if you're not understanding the comprehension part of it, you're not connecting. So there was a lot of that. And I don't know, how else could we describe it? A fish doesn't know it's wet. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You don't know. Hey, it's man. The, you know. You don't know what you don't know. Right. No. You really don't. Right. Thinking, Everybody else yeah. knows. But, you know, you don't yeah. want to, you don't want to look at those things. You want to try to, nobody gets married in, you know, and expected to fail. Right. Nobody likes to fail. Yeah. 
Absolutely. How did your relationship with your ex-husband make you feel? It was uncertainty. It was frustration. It was fear. It was walking on eggshells. I felt like I was constantly getting thrown bags of shit that I had to fix, solve, because he would project a lot of insecurity and indecisiveness and immaturity bottom line. And I never understood. I thought it was my role as a wife and a partner to constantly soothe these constant issues that were always uprising. I just thought it was normal. I will Mm -hmm. say that I'm also a child of divorce. My dad was constantly in affairs with multiple women. My mother stuck it out for as long as possible. So I didn't know any different other than I thought I had picked somebody who is not like my dad and that I was going to be different in my marriage than what my parents had. And it wound up kind of just mimicking my parents' divorce at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Scary. How did his insecurities affect you personally? It was very trying. As I said, I'm a career woman. I'm a business professional. I was about you know, building my image, my identity, my brand. I'm very well known in the community and I had an image that I was building. So he felt very insecure about that and it he made it very difficult for me to thrive in my own skin, not being supportive, giving me a rash, you know, of shit about if I had an event for work or if I was networking or just being social in the community even amongst my family and friends. Mm -hmm. Very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. It definitely sounds like it. Yeah. I know that my content isn't necessarily intended for the betrayed wife, but can you tell me a little bit about what about my content connected with you and how you relate to it with your experience, but in a different role? So you popped up on my For You page last summer when I was in the middle of this war zone. And when I first started listening to you, I obviously was pissed. And I was like, Sarah, check this chick out. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I need to listen to this shit, right? (laughs) Pretty much. Pretty much, right? Right? But it, you know, it gave me perspective. And it also, I wanted to confront this other person Other than Mm -hmm. just maybe a couple of conversations that I had in the beginning, but I had so much to say and I felt Mm -hmm. that you being on the other side of it, I was able to have conversation with the other woman Mm -hmm. and kind of understand that process, that behavior and being able to express myself and understanding Mm -hmm. the deep rooted of what infidelity really is. Mm -hmm. What do you think that root is? There's a lot in that root. I mean, I think it's people that are just not happy with themselves. I think it really starts there that you're not happy with yourself. Okay. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I like get goosebumps whenever people like, I don't know. It's interesting to have your thoughts validated by somebody else, right? Like it is a, it brings a sensation, I think, to your entire being. 
And so this whole process of me like doing this and I could have walked away. I could have walked away from this whole TikTok thing. I could have been like, oh my gosh, the hate is too much. But there was something where I was like, I'm going to have this fucking conversation and I don't care how anybody feels right now because our feelings are our own to manage. But I really wanted to just like persist almost. It felt very important that I kept going. So I agree. I agree entirely that it does have to do with not liking your own reality, not liking who you are, feeling like you're missing something, Mm -hmm. right? Like a lot of it is that. And it's nice that you can see that now. Yeah. The hind- I know, hindsight is twenty twenty vision. But mm-hmm. when you have a best friend, Sarah, she was so wrapped up in his mental, it was like mental al-Qaeda. It was, it was ridiculous. And you, I had to remove her from the situation, which was hard enough to do, even them separated, because one phone call would just spiral her back into, you know, the vortex of his nonsense. So we ended up, um, I was supposed to go to Mexico with my boyfriend, and he ended up having to go away away to work. He was like, Mm -hmm. you're not going to cancel the trip. He's like, you and Nicole go, just go have a good time. So I ended up, uh, she didn't even have a passport. So we went to New York, got a last minute passport. And on our way to New York, this was like less than a week before we left for Mexico because it was an emergency passport. September 15th. Uh Yeah. And we got in the car and he calls and she has him on speakerphone and he's just going on and on and on. And I just, I reached over (laughs) <laughs> and I fuck it up and I'm like, that's not happening. Well done. I'm like, that's there's no well way. Done. And I was like, just block the number. It's done. Yeah. And she blocked it. And that was yeah. the very last time she, you know, and, and I told yeah. her, I said, all correspondence go through email and it's only about the children. That's it. Yeah. Because it's mm. it's just it's mental abuse. And if you've ever dealt yes. with that, all it, it's like feeding a stray cat. They just want to be heard. Mm-hmm. So the second they think mm-hmm. they, they have your ear. You're screwed. They they won't stop. Yes. And you feel because all you do, it's a trigger. You just want to react. And that's what you're going to do. And then mm-hmm. you're just sucked in. Yeah. And at that point in September, he had already been out of the marital home for over a month. And he was, he had already not moved in with this significant person. And it was really, really messy at that point. And mm-hmm. so. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Sarah, I have a question for you. What was it like to walk with Nicole through that experience? Like, what was it like for you? Frustrating (laughs) and exhausting, (laughs) but I love her to death. And I've known her since we were kids and we were very close and hung out when we were in our 20s. And we had, you know, we were very close, had a lot of fun. And I've been through this, what she went through. And I've been in a very similar situation. So I love her so much like a sister. The things that she was going through, I recognize. And I, my whole thing is I don't want her to ever feel the way I felt. So my, I don't have the best approach to therapy. It's kind of 
blood force drama <laughs> and rude when if somebody saw it from the outside. But to her, like I can I can act like that, you know, to anybody else I sound mm-hmm. mean, but to her, she gets what I'm I'm saying. She understands it. Mm-hmm. So when she calls crying and you know and upset about something, I'm basically like, okay, shut the fuck up. You remember who you are. He's a joke mm-hmm. and let's get through this and get over it. Because I just don't want her to feel or waste another minute feeling these unnecessary feelings because like I said, he, he really is. It's when, when you've removed yourself and you can see and look, I mean, you, when it comes down to it, you chose it. You chose every single moment Mm -hmm. of your life. Mm -hmm. It's, you can't blame anyone else for it. And that's a hard fucking pill to swallow. But you mm-hmm. you chose the abuse. You chose to stay with that person for X amount of years because somewhere along the line you were you felt like you deserved, deserved it. it. Mm-hmm. And I felt I yeah. deserved that treatment from him because I didn't know what I deserved. I didn't know my worth. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Sarah, I think, eventually had said to me at one point when we were going through this, she looked at me and said two things. She said, one, if we're still dealing with this in a year, I'm probably going to punch you in your face. And two, (laughs) and two, it was getting hard for her because it was reminding her of her Mm. traumatic relationships that she had. And it was triggering Mm. her to where it was wearing her thin to where she was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I can't do this with you. And I, Mm -hmm. that hurt me because I knew that she cared. That she also has a daughter that's, you know, 19 years old. And I told her, I'm like, listen, this isn't about you anymore. Like you're teaching her that it's okay to be treated like this. You're, you're showing her what love is. And that's a scary thing because she's going to go and look for somebody just like her fucking dad. I was like, so oh, you yes. have to choose, not for you, but for her, you have to do the right thing and show her that, you know, you know, nobody should be treated like that. You know, it's, this is kind of like a weird observation, but I want to share it with you guys because I think you'll get it. A lot of people think that they are breaking the cycle by not getting divorced, right? But that's not the cycle. Getting a divorce isn't the cycle. It's putting yourself in a shitty relationship, right? Yeah. So I just think it's really... I mean, it's so strong and so, I don't know, great that you have a friend who's like coming over and just being like, hey, here's the truth, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I've had a lot of truth. It oh, took wow. a long time, though, for her to, to get it. And I totally understood. And it that was more frustrating than anything. Yeah. And it, it's all about removal, really. That's all it took mm-hmm. was just taking her out of that situation. And it's funny, too, because one of our best friends when we were younger passed away what was it? March of last year, March of last year. And that was, she, we had to go to South Carolina from Jersey for the funeral. And that was the first time I've ever been able to go anywhere alone with Nicole without her husband or the kids or the kids or anything. And it was like, it was our excuse to go on this road trip together. And I remember her getting in the car and he was not for it, but because it was a death of our friend, he really didn't have a choice mm-hmm. without looking like a total prick in front of everybody, you know? Mm-hmm. So we got in the car and she got in the car and I looked at her. I'm like, 
dude. Like, I'm like, this is it. I'm going to remind this bitch who she is. And mm-hmm. and I'm telling you, everything happens for a reason. Because if she hadn't passed, we would have never gotten the opportunity to take that road trip. And it was the best road trip two girls could have ever taken okay. together. And we deserved that. And so did our friend who had yeah. passed. We, we, we deserved it. And so did she. And if we never got through that first hurdle, I don't know if we would have been able to get to the next space, which was the summer was so horrid. And then this trip came up. And I don't think we would have been able to accomplish that because I think my, clar- my clarity was, was not it was so foggy. I had zero clarities. I was not awakened to any of it. And it was difficult. I was defending him every step of the way. And she kept mm-hmm. saying, this is going to happen next. This is going to happen next. And she knew every point that was going to take place in this relationship. So so I got to ask, what was the turning point that made you leave? The turning point was when I woke up at 2.30 in the morning on a Friday night and he wasn't home yet from work. If you are the other woman in your relationship and you love this podcast, you would love the Other Women Community. The Other Women Community is a membership program designed to help other women just like you reclaim their relationship with themselves and heal from their affair. We provide a safe and supportive environment for you to open up and talk about your experiences We give you the tools and resources you need to grow into an authentic, empowered individual. If you're ready to take the next step in your healing journey, head on over to theotherwomanandthewife.com backslash community to learn more about the membership and all it has to offer. All right, let's jump back into the episode. The turning point was when I woke up at 2.30 in the morning on a Friday night and he wasn't home yet from work. And I said to myself, this is not good. I had a weird feeling. And when I called him to say like, because I was initially worried that he had either gotten pulled over, gotten to a car accident, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. maybe gotten a DWI. Like I was thoroughly concerned. And when I called Mm -hmm. with that sense of concern and when I heard him pick up the phone and talk to me, I knew immediately where he was and it wasn't good. And Mm -hmm. when he came in the door that night, I said, that's it. I'm not doing this any longer. And many choice words were given that evening. And that was the breakdown of us sleeping in the same room together because we also had to get through the journey of our daughter graduating high school in two weeks. And I even Mm -hmm. also had my father staying with us during that time as well. So that made it more difficult to go through that process while my dad was Did you already know about the affair at that point? The emotional part, it was, it was hidden from me because I was blocked from social media from the certain individual. So, and then there was an incident that took place like five years ago, six years ago, that made me aware that this person was somebody in his life that I wasn't aware about. 
It was kind of the guys, mm-hmm. oh, it's an old friend. You shouldn't have a problem with this, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But it wasn't until I found out that he had this close relationship with this old friend because I was left in the dark about it. So I knew this person. Mm-hmm. I knew how she belonged in this network of his you know, past, but I never knew mm-hmm. that there was this underlying relationship that had taken place. And then when I found out, I kind of started to put the pieces together that there's something bigger here than I've been believed to know from him. Mm-hmm. And when that incident took place, that person had blocked me off of every social media. I couldn't see. I had blo- like they blinded me from their relationship. So it was undercover. Mm-hmm. She, on the other hand, had a relationship during that time as well. So she was mm-hmm. also keeping their emotional relationship quiet. And then unfortunately, things happened in life. And then, you know, she was not with this person any long longer. And my husband decided to, I guess, take it upon himself to pursue even further to be a part of her life without me knowing. So I tried to be a supporting wife and saying, well, if she's such a great friend, like, well, let's have them over for dinner. Like, why can't, you know, why am I not going to, oh. Oh. The betrayed wife inviting over the other woman for dinner. I like it. Keep going. Like, let's lay it out. Like, if they're such great friends. Keep your enemies closer. Yeah. Like, hey. <laughs> yeah, dude, totally. Absolutely. Right. I mean, I'm not. 100%. I'm but he wasn't lying. To- <laughs> no. Because, I mean, I am. I'm a big. Per- I'm a big personality. I'm a big person as in anywhere you take me. So. I'm not scared of that to where it's like if this per and I'm mm-hmm. thinking I'm being the good supportive wife and saying, okay, this person means so much to you. I get it. Like have them over. Mm-hmm. Let's have dinner. Let's have a bonfire. Like let's uh, all this is uh, open invitation, open door. What's the big deal? There's no harm in that. And mm-hmm. I was told that, what did he say? He said that I'm just too much. I'm too much. You you're too yeah, much? like intimidating other women. Right. Intimidating other women. Yeah. Do you believe you're too much? I know I'm a lot and I'm fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. I love yeah. it. So how did you, how did you proceed to leave him? Walk me through the story. Like after you decided this is it, final straw, you had the two week lead up to your daughter's graduation, Roughly, right? Yeah. He decided to move into the living room. And he, he, yeah. Wait, before, like, so you had said, let's do a two week, like, let's just he brought, chill he out. He brought a day let's bed. Not. Right. So that night it happened. took over right. the other side of the right. house. So <laughs> I was like, that's it. We're done. Like, I'm not doing this. You're not sleeping in this bed any longer. Like, that's it. So he went out and got a day bed, went in the other side of the house and kind of was like the roommate and came and went as he pleased, played the part Mm -hmm. of I'm a supporting dad for the graduation, you know, showed up when it was for the kids. And in the meantime, it was very, you know, it was 
constant bickering back and forth. It was inconsistency. You know, he would mm-hmm. call my phone 30 times a day to just keep me on this hang up all the time. Like it was disrupting my job at this point. So he didn't want to end the marriage. He in his mind, I think he did, but he didn't want to be the one to leave. He didn't have the balls to leave. He was he needed me to toss him out. He had it set here. She right. pays all the bills. She she takes mm. care of literally everything. Mm-hmm. He's like mm. baby Huey. He, he literally did nothing for himself. She did everything and took care of everything. Yeah. So he had oh, the perfect sure. situation. She was secluded to her bedroom and made to feel uncomfortable while he had free reign of the whole house. Right. Now, after what was it, like a month or so? A month, yeah. It was I'm month. like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, get him the fuck mm-hmm. out of there. I'm like, what are you going to like live in your bedroom for? What's going on? I'm like, yeah, he's got the perfect situation. He's got a, all his music set up. He had the whole thing. He just come and go as he please. I'm like, Dude, right. Tell and, me right. Tell and then he would, and then because yeah. he was out late at night for work, he would just come home whenever he wanted and do whatever he wanted. And that was his excuse to be out all the time. And then, you know, mm-hmm. he would never be truthful. And then, you know, it led us till like the end of July. And that's when the final blow came. And I was like, you know, it started to get very, very escalated and I couldn't protect my kids anymore because of the arguing that was going on in the home. And I was a Mm -hmm. wreck. I was not performing well in my job. I was starting to become physically sick. It was ridiculous. Think about like, imagine living with your enemy, you know, like I was already, (laughs) I was right. I was already, I don't, I okay. I the don't stay with family. You what? Okay. Yeah. When I I don't stay with family, like extended family. Like I'm just like, nope, too much for me. Yeah, too much. I will go get an Airbnb nearby, yeah. and we'll have meals together. Yes. <laughs> we'll have meals. So yeah, it was it, it was. I was already m- mentally broken. Like I was a mess, and then I started to break down physically, and I started mm-hmm. to have health issues, and. I just kept trying to shove it more and more. And Sarah would call me and be like, you know, you're a fighter, Nicole. Like you like to be number one. You like to win. You don't like to give up. You're not giving up. You're not losing. Mm -hmm. Like you're losing. You've lost yourself. Like you're, you're. How did you, how did you kick him out? Did you kick him out? I, I did. It got to the point where we were, you know arguing so much and I eventually had said like you're like you're not going to be you're not welcome in this home like you're you're Mm -hmm. drinking profusively I know that you're Mm -hmm. staying with this woman you know while he's saying that he's making plans to go live with his dad and I just finally was like I said a few choice words and I knew that I needed to remove myself because it was going to get violent to where because I was so angry and now I was starting to understand that this person who I've committed myself to for 20 years is ultimately betraying me. I mean, he mm-hmm. could have stolen all my money, you know, been a drug addict, beat the shit out of me, never did, but my last straw because of my own triggers with my dad when the other woman was mm-hmm. in the picture 
that was something I wasn't going to tolerate. Like that was my final after. Okay. So, so let's back up a little bit after kicking him out. What happened? Like, so after I was there like a newfound, so I peace in the home immediate. So right after kicking him out, it was a little ugly because we still have a young son that was going into a new Mm -hmm. school and life is very busy for us in the summer here. And it kind of just, you know, he was coming in and out at first. So like I allowed him to come in when it meant for the kids, if he needed to pick Mm -hmm. the kids up, if he was having dinner with the kids, like I tried to be very amicable and give him free range to come when it meant for the kids. And that lasted Mm -hmm. maybe not even two weeks because he was verbally just abusive. He would come in like in the middle of the night, drunk. Right. He would come in like in the middle of the night wanting to scream and that he wanted to see his son or he'd come in before work at five in the morning. He want, you know, with no Mm -hmm. announcement, no anything and just barge to the front door. And so mm -hmm. you had mentioned, you had mentioned that like after everything had ended and like, he's out, you're, you're still left with those feelings of anger. Right. And they're intense. They're white hot. Right. Can you tell me a little bit about how you went about finding yourself after, you know, it was already solidified in your mind that like, this is the end of this relationship. I'm moving forward. What, what did you do? So the pinnacle moment was the trip to Mexico. I yeah felt free. My nerves were calm and I knew and I had in my mind that this was going to be my turning point and Mm -hmm. it was. So the week that we spent and being with Sarah, I was able to gain back my independence and my decision-making to where I didn't have these muddled thoughts of, am I making the wrong decision of something just simple, right? So I realized that I, I can feel good right? And being away Mm -hmm. lifted that clarity. And I had in that time when I was in Mexico, so many people had reached out to me. Like I had a village because Mm -hmm. not only was I dealing it within my home and tried to keep it within my home and not in public, other than my immediate friends knowing, were very known in the community. And his social media posting made mm-hmm. others realize that, holy shit, what's going on with Nicole? He, like, he mm-hmm. openly, you know, showed exactly what he was doing mm-hmm. to everybody. Pretty Nobody sure I knew. Did that. No one, like, right. she was trying to, you know, keep it cool calm collective like i'll tell people when you know we're ready we're not going to make a thing out of this and he openly just like posted this other girl all over his thing without anybody Mm -hmm. knowing so everybody you know tried to contact her like they were right so like i mean i had people that were reaching out with utmost concern and and support and are you okay so while i'm in mexico i'm getting slews of reach reaching out from people that i haven't talked to in forever or close Mm -hmm. friends and they're like are you okay and 
Yeah. It was scary at the same time because I didn't know what I was coming home to, but I knew that I had a village Mm -hmm. and I had to trust. I put a lot of trust into myself that I knew what I was doing. And I also was confident Mm -hmm. because I had a partner to support me, which was my best friend. And yeah, she always kind of brought me back down and back off the ledge. I had, you know, I had an army. I had my family. I- so Sarah, Sarah, I have to ask, what's the difference between Nicole now and when she was in the relationship with her ex-husband? Well, she's not a pussy anymore. That's <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah, I like you. She got my balls back. I got my balls. <laughs> yeah. She's not, yeah, yeah, no. No, she's great. She's happy. She's content. She's, you know, she's she's always been a great mom, but she's present. You know, she can concentrate on her and the kids and not be fucking worried about what, you know, he's doing like, oh, no. Just anything he tried to do or, you know, mm-hmm. mulch made that marriage what it was. Nicole. Sorry, that's my nickname for her. Yeah. So she made the marriage what it was. The marriage was shipped for a long, long time. She held it all together. Yeah. Yeah. She She's the one who carried everything. And she, I, I know so, she reflects on like, she's like, you know, it's hard sometimes. I reflect on like some of the good times that we had. And I'm like, now think real hard about those good times and tell me what did you have mm-hmm. to do? to get that Mm -hmm. good moment. How many balls did you have Mm -hmm. up in the air juggling to make it okay Mm -hmm. for him so that you could feel like it was, you know, a a, a good moment? And that sucked. You know, Stan told me something one time. I had said someone was doing something because they loved me. And he goes, I think you've been conditioned to believe that the love you receive or the abuse you receive is the love you deserve. And I was like, son of a bitch. You don't say many smart things, but that one, that one stung a little, you know? It's so crazy. Yeah. But what did, like, so, okay, tell me, I need to know more. What did you learn on how you want to be treated in a relationship? (laughs) I'm still learning. (laughs) Like, what did you learn? What did I learn? (laughs) I'm still learning a lot. I'm scared to death to go into this dating pool in this day and age because of mm-hmm. all of it. Um, Do it, nervous. Yeah, I know that I'm worth it. I know that I'm mm-hmm. I'm absolutely worth the fight. I know that I want somebody who's going to not be afraid to tell them tell tell the world who their woman is. I need somebody who's Mm -hmm. secure and okay with being by my side, not in front of me, not behind Mm -hmm. me. I just need somebody to love me. I don't ask for much. I am very simple. Mm -hmm. I am not complex. Mm -hmm. I am the the nucleus to my village and especially my home and my children and even my children's Mm -hmm. friends. So I need somebody who's confident with themselves And I don't need anybody. I want somebody. Mm -hmm. And that's hard Mm -hmm. for some men because they need to feel needed. 
And they are intimidated Mm -hmm. by this alpha professional career driven woman who can cook a great meal, work a room of 500 people and be at their kid's hockey game at five o'clock. And I need somebody who can, who can help me do that. You don't need them. You want them. You want them, right. So I, Mm -hmm. I just need to be loved and I need to be, I need to be with somebody who's confident in themselves and Mm -hmm. not ever expect me to water myself down or to be under their thumb. It's unnecessary. I am very selfless. I do love myself and I love other people for who they are. Like, Mm -hmm. and that's what got me so frustrated with my ex because I accepted him for who he was. I didn't try to make him into somebody he wasn't. He fought that. And I'm like, dude, I love you for who you are. But he resented me for who I was. It drove him insane. Resentment, I think, is at the crux of it too. And I know that that was at the beginning of our conversation and our conversation is starting to come to a close, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. But I want to know, for everyone who is listening and they are in an unhappy marriage, what do you want to tell them? You have to do a lot of self-reflection and you have to love yourself. And you need to be around people who support you and you need to be around people who make you feel good about yourself. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. once you can do that, you'll find the right person who wants to be with you and you don't need to eat shit sandwiches every single day just for the sake of a marriage or even a relationship. (sighs) Thank you so much. Mm That was perfectly put. I cannot thank you guys enough for taking time out of your day to come onto my podcast and just talk with me and share with me what you've learned. I think that plenty of people will benefit from hearing you. So thank you so much for sharing your truth with me. Thanks, Chelsea. We appreciate your time. Yeah. And Sarah, you're the fucking best. Okay. She is. The fucking best, You're the fucking best. Dude. Sarah, I mean, you've you've got a heart of gold, man. I don't know what you went through to get where you are, but looks good Some on you. Stuff. <laughs> I'm so proud of her. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast episode. We appreciate your support and would love to hear your thoughts on it. If you've made it this far, you're likely someone who is invested in the journey of being the other woman. We understand that this can be a difficult and complex experience, which is why we offer guided coaching to help you heal and move forward. We encourage you to explore the links in the episode description or visit theotherwomanandthewife.com slash coaching to learn more about our exclusive coaching program and apply today. Thank you again for your support and we look forward to seeing you in the next episode.